Good afternoon and welcome to London Property Stories. This is episode two of our podcast series in which we hope to share our insight into the London property market. I'm Matt, he's Keith. Hi, I'm here. And she's Pam. Hello, everyone. And this episode, we're going to try and focus on a sector of our business, uh, primarily lettings. Um, And for that, I think Pam will probably be the voice of reason. And um, she's starting with preparing a property to let. So, Pam, if you wouldn't mind kicking off and letting us know what we need to do. Hello, everyone. So today, it's all about preparing your property to let and how to turn your place into profit. So I think the first question is, is why are you letting your property? Um, Obviously, it's one that you're not using, but have you done the research um, and do you know the costs? So So just to jump in, so when you say... Why are you letting your property? Just yes. to kind of explain that. So, type of kind of clients that we come across who are renting them out. There can be short term and there can be long term. So, i.e., <clears throat> they are moving to a different part of the country. Let's just say, and they have to have. They're not sure that, that it's not a certain move for a long period of time. And so, you have a different kind of reason, and there's different, I suppose, aspects things you need to be aware of if you are renting in a more short term and by short term I still mean six months to a year plus or you are a long-term landlord i.e you're thinking five ten fifteen years of rentals ahead of you is that what you mean uh yeah that's exactly what I mean but also you know are you uh, wanting to actually sell at the end of the rental period waiting for the market to get better um is it an investment? You know, you're holding to the property onto the property for your children. You know, these are the things um, that you really need to think about as to why you're letting it out. Is it as an investment, and you're depending on the income? Um, so there's another question to be had: Does it actually work out for you financially? Um, so Keith, as you know, you're a landlord yourself. Uh, you purely do it for investments, and and Matthew, you too. Um, so it's important that you. You know, you have done your research, but it's important for everyone else to do their research as well. You know, is the income going to cover the mortgage payments if you do have a mortgage? Um, and what are the other sort of costs associating uh, associated with, with letting your property out? I, mean, I think the costs thing versus income is very interesting because the income, you know, you can look it up, you can get an agent round to kind of quote uh, and to tell you what rent you're going to achieve then you forget that the in terms of your costs, you've got to pay your insurance. If it's a flat, you have your service charge. There are other considerations that will eat away at your income that you need to kind of balance. But fundamentally, I mean, you know, the reason I'm a landlord is because I believe that, you know, property is still remains a very strong investment group. Um, and you know any spare money that my wife and I have kind of scrabbled together, we've always just stuck into just buy another flat. Matt, how about you? Why are you a landlord in London? Um, for much the same reasons as, as Keith. I, I, I'm better the devil you know, and uh, never being the greatest share investor, um, property's always been my, my safe place. Um, I think the challenge I always find with with rentals, especially as an agent, I I desperately want the property I'm renting to look as beautiful as it possibly can and love the idea of spending a lot of money on on 
creating the perfect rental property, but, but often it's the case that you're not necessarily going to get the money back from investing in uh, your rental uh, as you would possibly at the point of resale. At the point of resale, you make the best of your asset and hopefully you'll get rewarded for it. For, it. for rentals, a lot of, a lot of uh, cost uh, involved in, in putting in new kitchens, new bathrooms, could take years to, uh, to claw back uh, on a rental. And I guess it's that balancing act of uh, providing a really high quality rental, one you're proud of and one your tenants can be happy living in, but not, not necessarily investing huge sums of money in it that make it a less sensible, a less productive uh, investment, because that is what it primarily is. That's right. But there are also other things to consider as well. Um, So if you are going to let your property out, you know, you've got to consider the consents that you possibly need. So a mortgage consent, if you have the mortgage, do you need to get the consent from the bank? Um, And also, you know, if you're sharers or if you know share a freehold uh, do you need to get the consent of the other freeholders or the superior landlord uh, so these are other things that you need to consider as well that could cost you um, without doing the research um, other little things as well you know such as different councils having different rules uh, with regards to licenses hmos um, something that sorry can I just jump in? Yeah, HMO? So HMO is um, House of Multiple Occupancies. I was actually going to say, Sorry. Keith, that that is for another podcast. Don't want to bore you all with HMO and licences. Not today. We're having fun. Today we're turning your place into profit. Um, and we're going to make money. That's what we're doing. Um, so that, so those are the things that we need to consider. And once they are considered, then, you know, that's when the fun starts and, and and let's try and get your property ready. So the next step is to make the necessary repairs. So depending on on how the property's been used, if you've lived in it, um, you will naturally live with your own little knacks of how to close certain cupboards or, you know, push down doors and things like that. But for a rental, we really want to maximise the values. So we want it to look beautiful and we want it to work well. So in terms of necessary repairs, so Keith, what repairs did you have to do? Well, I think that the necessary repairs, there are two things here. So it's one, so that you maximise the kind of rental and it looks as good as possible for people coming in. And it's also for when you have let it, you don't want to be kind of going back to the tenant to repair things because I, mean, I can guarantee you that within the first three months, things will break. The boiler that's just been serviced will go on the fritz and you will have to kind of come back to these things. But the more you can do beforehand, better. So with one that we've just had, I mean, we, we redecorated it, um, so we recarpeted it, um, and, uh, and we got everything fixed that was in the slightest bit broken, or we thought was just kind of hanging on, or as Pam says, that we had discovered workarounds for how we might live with something, um, so that you know, we just didn't have the problems kind of going forwards. I think the two things are here. One is you want it to look as good as possible so that a tenant coming in will instantly love it and will see it as their home. And secondly, underlying that, the things that aren't necessarily as visible, you just want to get fixed so that they are not a problem 
kind of going forwards. Perfect. Anything to add, Matt? Or I think that sort of sums no, it all. No, I think that pretty much covers it. That does cover it. So, you know, after that, I think it is a, a point to make good, uh, to repair, but also to declutter and tidy uh, the property as well. So empty out all the cupboards and all the storage units. Again, it depends what you're using this rental for or, or what you want out of it. Obviously, if it's a short-term tenancy or a holiday let, um, you know, you may want to store a few things. But in terms of a long-term tenancy, in terms of an investment for you, declutter, tidy, make the garden look good empty the sheds, um, lofts, stairs, under the eaves, you know, make sure that that's all working. Tenants at the moment are long-term tenants, so storage is very, very attractive. And the more storage they get, the more desirability uh, your property is. Um, alongside that is to decorate, uh, present the property well, you know, design the space around the tenant that you have in mind. Uh, this is your property, it has to be taken care of, so you must have that sort of calibre of tenant in mind. Um, and the better, uh, more functioning, more conventional sort of properties uh, tend to have the better tenants and, and, you know, the ones who will really take care of it. And I think just when you were talking, well, I know it's one of the points we're going to come on to in terms of kind of furniture and regulations that surround furniture, um, but for longer term tenancies, we've, you tend to find that unfurnished is what they want, um, because if it's furnished or part furnished, you can end up, as I can say from one of the flats that I've got, having to take furniture out because the tenant as they kind of stay there longer and longer, starts to acquire their own furniture. Uh, and you don't want to get rid of it because you've made quite a sizable investment in that furniture at the start. But is it the taste of your furniture, Keith? Could be Keith's taste. <laughs> <laughs> is that why they want it out? It could be the, uh, the Edwardian heavy oak furniture. Lovely blue black, uh, backsplash. Yeah, what wasn't quite right. <laughs> no, but that's true. Um, so it is, it's, it's furnished versus unfurnished. So again, I think it depends, again, on the size of the property. So a lot of the larger properties, I would say two plus bedroom properties in the houses, uh, they do tend to come unfurnished. Um, and that's purely because uh, those tenants will be your longer term tenants. They're, they'll be looking for tenancies anywhere be between sort of 24, 36 months. Um, so, but if you do decide to furnish the property. Just make sure that everything's neutral, it's tasteful, and it, it's of good quality. Um, you know, don't crowd the property with too much furniture, um, because as Keith suggested, over a period of time, um, tenants will be accumulating their own things. And like I said earlier, tenants are longer term tenants now. Um, so they do have their own things, their own personal belongings to bring. Why do you think they're longer-term tenants now in comparison to historically? Well, yeah, well, I think, you know, with the international market, uh, that sort of opened up, but that doesn't necessarily mean to say that they're going to be living here um, forever and wanting to invest in the UK. Um, you've also got the, the rise in the housing market as well. Everything is so expensive for first-time buyers. Uh, so you've got tenants. So tenants who used to move into their properties after getting married are now actually renting 
um, for longer periods and sort of starting families in rental properties uh, for longer periods now, and that's just due to the cost of living. I also think that the other factor in there is that the price of properties, whilst we said it is very expensive in the areas that we tend to cover, it also hasn't gone up a great deal. So if you are previously, you know, if you were posted here from Germany, we would kind of have quite a few people who might initially rent, but actually would be looking to buy because they might be here for three to five years and they would see you know, paying rent as necessarily dead money. But actually, as property prices have started to flatten off and the I guess the cost of buying through stamp duty is so much greater. Uh, I think people are making the decision to go, it's not so flexible, they can rent, um, and you know, they have greater flexibility if their children's schools move or if they're relocated to a different city. We've also got the... Um the families that rent because they're doing their properties up as well. Yeah. Um, so they always seem to think that, you know, works will be done in six, 12 months. But actually, builds now take anywhere between sort of 18 months, two years. And anything past a 12-month period, I would say, um, is a longer-term tenancy in itself. So you've got those people to consider as well um, who will have their own things. Um, and I would say that actually there is more movement in the local markets with people moving from one house to another house down the road. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's why we, we do have the longer term tenancies. And, and at the moment, I would say that um, a lot of the tenants are local now just to touch on that, um, they are less sort of international. I think the international market is definitely opening up, um, but in prime central London, we are definitely seeing that local market sort of come back. But back to sort of preparing the property. So do you go furnished, unfurnished? We need to know the benefits, need to know that everything is in working order. Um, you know, also be aware that if you are going to furnish a property, you will need to replace things that are left there. So, for instance, kettles, toasters, TVs, if they break down during the tenancy, you do need to replace them. Um, so it's always best to sort of stay away from the electronics. Um, obviously, white goods you have to provide anyway, but it's just something to be mindful of. Um, also good to know that to protect what you have. Um, even if you are leaving a property unfurnished, you've still got the beautiful walls, painting, beautiful flooring um, that you're leaving behind. Um, so make sure that they are immaculate, they are left in good condition, just so that you know when the tenants move out, they have to give it back to you um, in the condition that they found it. You know, of course, we have to consider fair wear and tear, um, but that's for a third party to ascertain that. But, you know, leave things as, as beautiful as possible uh, just so that you can get uh, that return and, and your investment is protected. Sounds good. Perfect. And then the last part, which we all love, is instruct an agent. Um, I always say and always suggest it's a good idea to maybe get a couple of agents, have a look. Um, but do your research as well. You know, see which agents are um, more sort of experienced in, in the property that you have. But also if you know these agents personally and you know uh, that they have... Uh, 
you know, you in mind at all times and that you are their client and, and you are first, do get them in, invite them in, um, have a chat, see what their strategies are. You may decide that you want to try something a little bit more corporate just to see what they're doing um, and then maybe a more sort of local agent um, who tend to be the best, in my opinion. But, uh, you know... Not biased at all. <laughs> Not being a little bit biased. Um, but, you know, and, and see what strategies, see what styles they have. Uh, but more importantly, you know, what kind of tenant are they going to attract for you and what will they do for you? Um, discussing services as well in terms of conditions. Know your costs. Know how much you're paying them. Um, and just make sure that that you want you ask them all the questions just so that you can make an informed decision well that's been uh, been amazing guys so uh, we will come back to uh, the next point uh, of uh, of note in uh, the london property market in the coming weeks and uh, we'll uh, we'll thank uh, thank you for listening and hopefully you'll hear from us very very soon have a very happy easter happy easter everyone thank you bye